0: the down in a heap podcast from rob c is one of the only podcasts that i can stand to listen to i'm froth from the thought eater podcast and i approve this message in old school games life is cheap don't be a dope bring your pole oil and rope and try not to go down in a heap Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Down in the Heat podcast. I'm your host, Rob, podcasting to you live from my porch in beautiful Northeast Minneapolis. I heard there at the top of the show from Froth. I've been listening to a few of his old episodes in the back catalog. I love those, especially those Zine Club shows and the old Top Three Tuesdays and stuff. Or was it Top Three Thursday? <laughs> I can't remember. Anyway, I miss the Thought Eater, and uh, hope you're doing well, Froth. So today we're going to have the big reveal on who wins the next giveaway for a Mitterzine by Glenn Seal and Monkey Blood Design. But first, I had a bunch of calls about henchmen. So before we get into the contest uh, with people... Talking about some of their favorite henchmen and stuff. Let's just talk henchmen. First up's Daniel from Bandit's Keep. Take it away.
1: Air hey, up, Daniel from Bandit's Keep. Lots of great information on your henchmen episode here. Really, really cool. Um, it's funny. That's exactly something I'm working on as well. I'm gonna take it from a slightly different angle, so I can't steal all of your stuff, but I'll definitely steal as much as possible. <laughs> Uh, it's really good. I, I like how you run it. I love that negative, hit point, uh, negative, point, negative uh, experience points thing and that they gain a little bit each time they adventure. That's really a good idea to kind of make them uh, kind of build up because I've certainly had several, like, Torchbearers that are just surprisingly lived a long time, but they just never did anything with them because they were just Torchbearers getting the gold piece a day. So I like the idea that they could eventually have potential to uh, to become sidekicks or full-fledged henchmen. Really uh,
0: inspiring and great episode. Hey, thanks for the call, Daniel. I appreciate it. And you should go check out uh, the episode Daniel did on his Bandits Keep YouTube channel. It's called D&D Followers, Henchmen and Hirelings, I think. And congrats to Daniel. He's getting like thousands of views on some of his videos. Well, I think most of his videos, at least in the, like the game advice or game thought kind of series. So that's great. I love to see, um, you know, really, <laughs> really good creators. Uh, people that just aren't peddling, like, uh, controversy or, I don't know. <laughs> really good, thoughtful shows. I I love to see them getting some more exposure. So continued success, Daniel. It's, it's great to see. And, yeah, I, I love to also have the... The potential for the the hirelings, that just the mundane laborer or torchbearer, or mule skinner, or whatever, have the possibility to rise up to a man at arms, and then maybe a fighter, or even a wizard's apprentice, or something, so that the players have a little incentive to try and have them survive, and not just be, you know, cannon fodder. And we really can't have a call-in show about henchmen without my favorite henchmen, the Goblin's
2: Henchmen. Hi, Rob, you read my mind. I was actually just about to uh, actually leave a message. I was going to do it to uh, uh, um, John Allen Large, Red Dice Diaries. I was going to say, can you please do an episode on hirelings, henchmen, and retainers? Um, Because... It's sort of one of those things that I want to know more about, and it was kind of triggered by this idea that uh, I think it was Questing Beast interviewing the the guy from Hero, you know, the guy famous on YouTube, was saying HeroQuest is the greatest game ever, or whatever. A guy with a beard, or it's, it's hilarious. The it HeroQuest or was it Talisman? Anyway, greatest game ever, the Gargoyle. Anyway, you probably know what I mean. Um, but um, he actually said on that interview that henchmen were limited like you could only have so many henchmen in your life you know like you only get so many best friends which I thought was an interesting idea I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or know where that comes from I think he was playing 1E so that's that's where maybe it's in the rules hi Rob just quickly following my last message um, just wasn't sure if I was clear when I meant you're only allowed certain number of henchmen I didn't mean at one time but literally in your whole life span you're only allowed that number so if you're allowed three henchmen you they all you burn them up in your first, second, third level then that's it, no more henchmen um, so I hope, hope that was clear you know what anchor's like you can't hear your message back after you sent it so <laughs> I thought I'd just send you a, a follow up okay, cheers follow up, bye hey
0: thanks for the call goblins henchmen, I appreciate it I have not heard of that rule before but it's An interesting idea, because really, have any of you ever had, I mean, unless the character has like a four charisma or something, has anyone ever butted up against the the limit for the amount of henchmen that they can have? I mean, a lot of times the, the players in my groups will have quite a few retainers, you know, just like mercenaries or porters or something, but they actual like leveled henchman or what i kind of define as a henchman a, an actual classed npc that's your uh, your underling that works for probably a share of the treasure or something uh, i've i've never had a character that really even came close to that limit so having it as a a career limit would certainly Change the outlook a little bit on how you how you treat them and and whether you save like slots. Now I have heard of, or I don't know, it seems like I've heard of this somewhere of people using that number, the number of maximum number of henchmen, as something like how many contacts the character starts out with the game, so, so like NPC contacts that just might help them in some way or provide some information or something, or alternatively, how many rumors a character might start with in the game or something. So regardless, I think it's yeah, interesting to make the, the charisma stat a little bit more meaningful, and those are a few ideas that you can do. Um, I don't know, has anyone else heard of this rule that Goblin's Henchman brings up or, or used something along those lines? I'd be interested to, to know.
3: Hey there, Rob, it's John here from the Red Dice Stories. just listening to your latest henchman episode, very much enjoying that, and thank you for playing my call-ins. Um, yeah, recently in my OSC game, The Player Party, have taken on a number of retainers, which obviously BX terminology... They're different from your sort of standard hirelings. You know, your hirelings guard the wagon train and whatever, but they don't go adventuring with the PCs. However, because my player characters, at least two of the party of three, are currently under the effect of a magical disease, one of whom is on like one hit point and no healing works until the disease has been cured. And since there's no spellcasters in the group, and they've not managed to find a spellcaster, they're in a pretty dicey situation at the moment. So they elected to take on a number of fighters as retainers, just so they've basically got a bit of extra muscle and protection from the enemies while they're in such dire straits. Which is obviously good for them. The retainers have been doled out fairly equally amongst the three players, so it gives them something to do without having to keep throwing their main um, player character into Dangerous situations when they're on like one or like a handful of hit points and they can't get any sort of healing because of the magical disease. It's also added some additional interest because I've rolled on in a couple of random books for like quirks for the the people they've taken on and they're getting a bit of role play going with them. And a couple of them have just been killed, unfortunately. So it's going to be interesting to see how that affects the sort of dynamic of the party. But yeah, again, it's the first time I've really had retainers of any sorts in the game. But it's also great for me as a GM, because I, if one of the player characters does unfortunately die, they can take over the, the retainer for the rest of the session, and maybe as a future player character. Who knows? Anyway, enjoy the episode, dude. Keep up the good work, and I'll catch you soon. Hey there, Rob. Just thought I'd send you another quick voicemail to highlight a couple of resources that I use when it comes to like creating a bit more interest for henchmen. The first one is Table of Fables 2, The World Builder's Handbook by Madeline Hale. And that has a series of tables for NPC generators for to determine like occupations, appearances, uh, odd sort of physical characteristics, goals, secrets, stuff like that. So there's some nice little tables in there. And I also use the Castle Zintilian book that has some random companion quirks
0: in it. So there you go, just a couple of resources I thought might be useful for you. Take it easy. Well... Goblin's henchman invoked John Allen Large, and there we had him from the Red Dice Diaries. Thanks for the call, John. Appreciate it. And I'll have to check out those resources um, that you mentioned. I've especially thought about getting Castle Zentillion. That's uh, oh, Gabor Lux. Um, And I know Questing Beast did a review of Castle Zentillion. um, Some kind of I don't know if it's a mega dungeon or just a a rather large dungeon along the lines of kind of a Teagle Manor haunted house kind of thing, but it sounds pretty cool. And if there's also stuff for henchmen, that might just push me over the ledge. Now we've got a couple of calls from someone new to The Heap, but not new to podcasting. It's a podcast I discovered a few months ago called The Red Caps, so take it away and welcome.
4: Hey Rob, it's Kevin calling in from the Redcaps podcast. was just listening to your episode on henchmen and hirelings and f- agree almost full stock with everything you were saying. Uh, henchmen, loyalty, morale. Um, those are all items from BX that I just love. Um, I think it's often a case where DMs forget to treat monsters and NPCs with the same self-preservation that they would, associate to their own player characters so if a dm was playing in a game they would you know treat their players their their characters sorry uh, much more precious than they do their monsters or their uh, npcs whenever they're playing them in the world and i think more running away or uh, self-preservation options from those uh, monsters or npcs uh, is definitely needed um, another resource and i'm going to stop here for just a moment while anchor resets me And another resource that you could use to get lists of NPC characters or hirelings would be the Shady Dragon Inn from the accessory sets for BX. I find that to be a a nice, flavorful way to get uh, some NPC characters out of that. Anyhow, I really enjoyed the podcast. Uh, Keep up the great work, and I'll continue listening and probably touch base with you again soon. Take care.
0: Hey, thanks for the calls, Kevin. I
4: appreciate it. Yeah, having monsters
0: and NPCs run away or surrender creates a richer more vibrant and realistic kind of setting I think it creates possibilities uh, for not only for role playing but for recurring NPCs maybe villains maybe they turn into allies maybe um You know, it's just rife with potential, whereas a corpse is likely just going to remain a corpse. So if you kill all the monsters all the time or have the monsters just attack until they die, you're losing all these potential building blocks for the game to continue and have continuity. And while maybe not all monsters, certainly unintelligent ones, uh, some of the undead and stuff... um, will just kind of attack until they die, or maybe the maybe there are some actual zealots out there, and those monsters and NPCs become more fearsome, more almost inhuman when they have those traits uh, cast in like a stark difference from those that have the potential to surrender or run away. And if the players know that the monsters could potentially break they'll try using tactics to to encourage that or to pr- provoke those you know morale checks and breaking and stuff it just becomes part of the game then for the players as well and they'll know that they don't have to put everyone to the sword so yeah i think it it creates a better game when you have these these elements so go check out uh, Red Caps Podcast. It's some good stuff right now. Uh, Kevin is doing some solo play as well, but uh, he's got a fairly extensive back catalog, and unlike my shows, they all tend to be pretty brief, like 15 minutes or the, or thereabouts. So, well, uh, that's the end of the calls regarding Henchmen, and now it's time to move along to the entries for the contest for the next Midderzine giveaway. So I'll... Cut up some slips of paper, put the contestants' names on them, drop them in the fez, and have Mary, once she wakes up, come out and uh, draw the big winner. So stay tuned after these messages. I should have announced who the contestants are. They are Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Daniel from Bandit's Keep, podcast and YouTube channel. Taylor from the clerics ringmail blog and now podcast. Um, Randy Nichols from the biggest geek podcast and Carl Rodriguez from the GMologist presents podcast.
5: Hey Rob, Jason here. I'll probably get this wrong. And if Colin calls in with this as his pick, then don't use my, this is my entry. But during Carl Rodriguez, uh, the GMologist presents Broken Lands game where we were playing, you know, various humanoids using the Orcs of our Gazetteer, Colin Green, Spike our RPG podcast, had a, he, he was playing a, what was he playing? He was a, I don't think it was a bugbear. I think he, he wasn't a goblin either. Maybe he was a, um, I don't know what it was. But he might have been a hobgoblin. But anyway, he um, he had this little little guy. I don't know, it was a little goblin or a kobold. But he, he was basically like a crier. It was like gobnob or, or something like that, or glove Was this this character's name? And he would get really mouthy and defensive of Colin's character. So he would get, kind of get us into trouble sometimes because he would just smart off to people because they, he didn't feel they're giving Colin enough respect you know, the status he should have. In fact, when we went to meet the, the queen of the goblins, we, we had to, you know, and he insisted on going Well, this, somebody had to hold their hand over his mouth to make sure he didn't say anything stupid and get us killed in the palace. And like I say, if Colin calls this in, don't don't use my entry, but if not, that that might've been my favorite henchman of, of the various games that I've played in, At least ones I can remember. My strength has returned.
1: My wounds have healed. Thanks to Ariel's magic.
6: Nothing
1: to it. It's all in the wrist. Okay, so here's my uh, entry into the henchman contest, I guess. Uh, I'm going to do it from a Dion's perspective, because I don't really play as much. Uh, probably my f- the one that I've had the most fun with is in my one-on-one uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics campaign in the Thousand Thousand Islands with my player Nikki. She does have a sidekick, but she basically runs him. I mean, essentially two PCs. But there's, uh, early on, she met this older woman... You know, like in her late forties, um, from the area, who just wanted to seek adventure. Essentially, she was a uh, just kind of a local, and um, she's kind of built up into a really fun character. She has many, many children from many, many different men, and she knows a lot about the area information. So she's been a great way to feed uh, information to my player in a fun way, and uh, but she doesn't fight. She doesn't do anything like that. So. It's kind of an interesting type of NPC to play. Someday I will be able to keep a message to less than a minute. But anyways, uh, I think she's really fun to play for me as a DM because she's not com- combat- combat- She's not a combatant. So it's not really just like extra muscle for the, for the player. It really comes down to a way that they can poke at and uh, find out information about the local you know, community and people and it's a fun way for me to siphon treasure because they never really made a deal. She was just kind of traveling with them and then occasionally she'd be like, oh, uh, that's a beautiful necklace, you know, that kind of thing. So it was a way for me to kind of uh, to pull some treasure away from the player, make them make some decisions. And uh, she's just been really fun to play. So I like that kind of a henchman because uh, I find my other henchmen that players pick up are just kind of fighters and they they tend to die too quick. (laughs) So this is a more of an informative henchman,
0: and uh, yeah,
7: Maya. Can it help fight the sorcerers? Happy hump day, Rob. This is Taylor from Swear Ringmail, calling in with a henchman story. Uh, first and foremost, I know that I had won the raffle associated with the first competition so i want to recuse myself from the hat Uh, i want other people to participate other people to feel encouraged to share their stories and so i think that's not fair for me to uh, be entered in the second round my favorite henchman is one that I actually did not get to hire, but that appeared in a game run by a friend of mine that I was privileged to play with. I don't remember exactly the context of when he was introduced, but I recall that we were, as a party, lined up with a series of NPC soldiers. And the captain of said soldiers came up and was introduced by the by the GM, but one of the players interrupted him and said, Is his name Craig? The GM smiled and said, You know it. The players groaned. And that is the day that I met Craig the Leet Guard. I was later informed that Craig the Leet Guard had started out as a no-name henchman, a spearman accompanying the group to a dangerous encounter. They were attacking a magic user and his minions and had brought along the extra muscle. The magic user opened the fight with a fireball, which most of the henchmen failed, except for Craig. All of them died in this in this blast, except for Craig. Uh, The minions of the magic user then charged down and embroiled themselves into player character combat Uh, One or two of the party members died, all of their henchmen were killed, except Craig. For some reason, when rolling for that one henchman, the GM who was controlling the NPCs, including henchmen, could not roll below a 15 on a 20-sided die. After the fifth or sixth natural 20, the players asked, who is this guy? and the DM, not having prepared a name, said, uh, Craig. His name is Craig. And that is the story of how Craig, the elite guard, joined the party. He did not last. In the subsequent session, he was later splattered, being a level one nobody. But from that point on, at least once in every campaign he ran, that DM snuck in Craig, the elite guard, at some point. Usually, in a way that would make his characters, well, make his players regret that they had ever had the fortune to survive that magic-user battle.
1: There is no escape, human. No one to hear
2: your cries. Give me the bell, and your life may be spared.
8: Hey Rob, this is Randy from Biggest Geekus. I want to throw my name in the hat for henchman. Back in the early days, I want to say first edition, so not the earliest days, but me and my homies were playing uh, D&D and they met this uh, NPC named Lord Ravenlock. I was really proud of him. He was a duke, a ruler of a land, and they were close to it. They were name level already too, and he was became an ally. And I wanted them to respect him, but they always started shortening his name. They started calling him, instead of Ravenlock, they called him, Raven Duck. (laughs) And I tried to get him to be offended, but he, they kept really smoozing him really well. And then they started calling him from Raven Duck to just Duck. And then for literal years in the campaign, he was referred to as Duck, a Duke of the local land. Maybe that's where they got it from, Duck or Duke. So I'm thinking about uh, the Unforgiven. Anyway, cool contest. uh, Love your podcast. Keep up the good work. Take care, bud. Bye.
6: Hey there, Carl Rodriguez, leaving a message about a memorable hireling henchman that I introduced into a game. And I introduced this into a game of Broken Lands, which is my BX Me Rule Cyclopedia game set in the Broken Lands in the known worlds using the Orcs of Thar, gazetteer number 10, for inspiration. The characters are all humanoids. Goblins, hobgoblins, and uh, orcs, bugbears, etc. So the henchman was introduced as a random encounter, and the players came across this goblin digging in the dirt looking for something. And they, well, it'll be a part two, haha. And instead of Messing with them, even though he got up and started talking smack, instead of knocking him around, they decided to recruit him. And he became the herald for one of the players, actually Colin Green, Spike Pitt's character. And his name was Globnob. And what I did with Globnob is I gave him, he had this strange quirk that he would always talk in first person or third person about himself. And he'd say, Globnob presents and then would give the name of the character and he would definitely was used to get the players into trouble especially Colin's character since the his, his character was a hobgoblin of some note who styled himself as a fighter of great martial prowess so globnob would tell everyone that globnob would bla- brag about his Master, as his herald, would move into the front of the group and announce their presence as the, who are they called? They are called uh, Tanithil's Terrors. Although, so the leader was uh, an elf named Tanithil, but uh, Globnab would always style Colin Green's character as the the leader. Uh, He actually did pretty well. And he did so well that they eventually, and he got to announce the Tanathil's terrors and Colin Green's character to the queen, the goblin queen of Akras, which is uh, the big goblin kingdom city in the Broken Lands. So Globnob was pretty colorful and pretty crazy and was a great way to get the players into trouble. Go Globnob!
0: All right, so Mary is here to lend some impartiality to the contest. She's going to draw one slip of paper out of the Fez, the Magic Fez. Who is the winner? Daniel Norton,
4: Bandit's Keep.
0: Daniel Norton, you are the winner. Um, Boy, I don't think I share a Discord with you, Daniel, so if you'd like to... Either send me an email with your address or call in using the Anchor app uh, with your address. You can email me at bigbalboni at gmail.com. That's B-I-G-B-A-L-B-O-N-I at gmail.com. And I will send you one of the Mitterzines of your choice, numbers two through five. Taylor already won number one. Oh, and by the way, so Taylor, I did have his name out of the hat as he chose to recuse himself. So there were only four entries into the contest. It was that easy. So next time, yeah, it's, you. this time you would have had a 25%, well, a 20% chance if one more person had entered. So um, I don't know, what, what should we do for the next contest? What do you think, Mayor? You got any ideas? It's too early It's too early All right. well how about if being Ray already uh, Called in with uh, Singing his favorite Well, a cartoon theme song Why don't we do it as a cartoon So, call in uh, In the next Two weeks, I don't know what the hell that would Be for a date I don't have a calendar in front of me Two weeks from today, the 19th So I don't know, some early August. <laughs> I'll put the deadline on later. But call in uh, with your favorite cartoon. Maybe your favorite cartoon as a kid or something. Or just do as rated, Sing a, a jingle from the cartoon. Hum it. Uh, give your favorite catchphrase. And bonus points, although they won't really be bonus points. What was your favorite cereal to eat while you were watching Saturday morning cartoons? All right. Congrats to Daniel from Bandit's Keep. Thanks to um, all the people that called in and took part in the uh, contest. And until I talk to you again, don't go down in a heap. Alright, I looked at an actual calendar. Let's make it Friday, August 6th. That'll be the deadline to enter the next contest to win a midderzine from Glenn Seal of Monkey Blood Design. And, yeah, go go check out all of Glenn's stuff. It's great. Uh, monkeyblooddesign.uk.com, I believe, is the website. If you just type in Middlelands in a Google search, it will probably come up anyway. And I believe most of the stuff is on drive through as PDF options, too, although I think you can buy PDFs direct from Glenn, too, and he probably wasn't, he wouldn't have to share a portion of the proceeds that way. So... Yeah, see ya.